my friends. <laughs> Hi. Hi. This is Historical AF. I'm Kina. And I'm Ashley. We are two friends here to deliver you a eerie and amazing Halloween special extravaganza. Wow. The crowd, the crowd goes, wild. goes wild. Oh, at the same time. <laughs> I am a, I just got home and last minute costume, like a goth rock star queen. I love I got it. Crown. I got a leather jacket. I got red lips. You know, what else do you need? Exactly. And I'm a skeleton. Spooky, yeah. spooky skeleton. Uh, I don't know the words. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oddly, dun, I know dun, like dun, dun. Of the words. So, like, yeah, if you're <laughs> watching at home and you see me just like staring at myself and like <laughs> making weird faces, like I'm just so fascinated. Also, the setting spray I used, I am shook. I have never had grease paint not come off like this before. <laughs> like all of my years in theater. Oh my god. Anyway, Ugh, that's incredible. And I also just want to thank Patreon, especially Dion, that got me into this crown life, so that I just Girl. had a random dark queen crown lying around yes. for last minute costume. So thanks, fam. <laughs> not gonna lie. Thought about putting on the crown that I got because of Dion as well. <laughs> So, so yes. Yeah, so, you know, if you're not part of the crown club, you should be. <laughs> yeah. We literally wear crowns or just whatever. And then yeah. we drink tea and just chat. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. I, I love you, Patreon. <laughs> I can't say that enough. We just love you. Oh, but yes. Thank you, everybody, for joining. This is live for everybody. So this fuckery that you're experiencing right now, this is what Patreon sees all the time in the unedited just shit show that is yeah. historical yeah, yeah. Huh. and if you're new here you can chat in the comments on youtube and we can see them it's in real time it's exciting yes. stuff and it's so cool that's why if you hear us shouting out to people like hey natalie hey marissa like it's literally we see the mm -hmm. uh, comments populating as they pop up i mean we also talk to the ghost in the building but like true. Mm -hmm. there's that today at work something like boomed and so maybe was like, it's the wind. And I said, it's a ghost at the same time. And I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> but then fine. my boss was like, yeah, when we get cameras, we'll see all the shadows going by all the time. I'm like, yes, team ghosty. I love it. I, I think most everybody knows that I have a job now, which because I can't stop talking about it because I'm just excited after two you years. I have a job. So one part of the museum I work at is an old hotel and she's spooky. She's very haunted and I'm very excited about it. And I got to go into the crow's nest, which is like third floor, tiny room. It was creepy as fuck. And I loved it. And then there's also a basement that I have not gotten to go in yet, but it's on my list. I'm going soon. I hope I see a ghost, but I've heard that there's a lady in white. There's always <gasps> a lady in white. I was going to say, of course there is. There's always a lady in white. It's one of the oldest hotels in this part of Texas. So Hill Country, I'm really excited about that. And I also I thought everybody would laugh me out of the uh, museum. But I was like, we should do some like ghost tours and ghost programs. And everybody's like, yeah, we should. So, I, will yes. I will drive in. I will drive in. So my office is kind of outside the main museum. But we have a few houses. We use them for interns and stuff to stay. But one is supposed to be super haunted. I haven't seen any ghosts yet, but I'm very excited. But you know how it is. The more I want to be haunted, the less I'm haunted. So, Yeah, you got to play hard to get. <laughs> yeah. 
I I just want it too much. You do too much. I'm work. I'm working on it. Every time I go, in, I'm like, "Hi, ghosties," and then nothing happens. I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll grow on you like a fungus. It's fine. We'll eventually be friends. Yeah, you'll like me Nothing's eventually, bitches. <laughs> I'm going to come visit and we are going to ghost hunt the shit out of that place. Yeah. Texas has a lot of fun haunted shit. Good, because I wrote about a place in Texas for this. <gasps> Woo! And it's funny because I wrote about a place in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm pumped. All right. So we're going to do two stories tonight. Both haunted shit, both ghosties. I'm pumped. You want to just like get into it? Hell yeah. Who's going first? (laughs) I mean, we already started talking about Texas stuff, haunted Texas stuff. And this is kind of related. So, I mean, I can go first. Okay, I'm excited. I don't mind. I'm just going to get lubed up here with some vodka. Please do. I like, I'm not drinking and I'm very (laughs) sad about it, but I'm still taking pain pills for my ankle. Oh, yeah. Being responsible. High five. So, I'm drinking water and it's dumb. Making good choices. (laughs) But side note, since everyone's here and you can't escape me unless you hit the exit button or escape, look at this coaster I made. So nice. It's an empty. No big deal. I am. I also made these earrings. Anyway. All right. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the history and then we'll get to the ghosty stuff. I promise. Bear with me. <laughs> the Baker Hotel in Mineral Wells, Texas. I, I, I don't know anything. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Usually you've already heard about it and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to tell you everything you already know. <laughs> So I told Kina that (laughs) I was actually going to talk about two places that are sisters, kind of. They're like known as sister hotels, and it's the Baker Hotel in Mineral Wells, Texas, and the Arlington Hotel in Hot Springs, Arkansas. But what was that? My dogs. (laughs) No no home training. God. All right. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway. So they're considered sister hotels in a way, which I'll kind of touch on, but I got so much stuff about Mineral Wells that I was like, one only. I will say that the Baker Hotel is number one on my bucket list where I want to go spend the night and just explore it. Even if I'm not doing it for like ghosty reasons, you know, like energy work, anything like that, I still just, I just want to go take pictures and walk through the rooms. I support this. That being said, which I just realized that there was something I forgot to add in my notes. So we'll be mm-hmm. goog. There will be a goog in a little bit. Um, <laughs> to the goog. To the googs. Anyway, so like I already said, Baker Hotel located in Mineral Wells, Texas. It was built in 1929 by the Ing and Burger Incorporated Company. <laughs> and it was n- actually added to the National Registry of Historic Places in 1982. Like it's a legit place. The architect is Wyatt C. Hedrick, and it was inspired by the current design of the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in Hot Springs. Fuck yeah, it is right. Which the Arlington was built in 1892, or the current iteration of the Arlington. 
was oh, built. Love the Arlington. I'm obsessed with the Arlington, which I will tell you all a story at the end of this about the Arlington. The first iteration of the Arlington was built in 1875. And then about 20 years later, it was torn down and then built into what it is now. And then the Baker was based off the architecture of the Arlington. And if you pull up pictures of the Baker oh, and pull up a picture of the Arlington, they look incredibly similar. So I'm on it, guys. So they both boast, yes, as you're doing that, they both boast Spanish Renaissance architecture and Spanish colonial revival, which I love. Like a stately building that's kind of looming. And if you see the photos, especially with like the surrounding area captured in the photos as well, it almost is a little foreboding. But if you take into account like the huge histories of these buildings how they were built, how they pioneered the spa industry and the actual minerals and the energy and stuff that it pulls in, especially with these hauntings. It's, it kind of works with them being very foreboding and like big. And well, that's cool. I found that a postcard. Yes. And then that's the Arlington. They look so similar. Right. Yes. I love the Arlington. Every time we go to Hot Springs, we walk through the Arlington. If we have time, we get a drink downstairs and sit on the wraparound porch. But yeah, they look incredibly similar. Mineral Wells is based off the Arlington, though, not the other way around. I love the Arlington. Fun fact, Al Capone used to hang out there a lot, so... Yes. Oh my gosh. All the good times minus the syphilis. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And like, if y'all ever go to Hot Springs, I mean, there's the Gangster Museum and talks all about Al Capone and all of that. And there's a little bit of the gangster element here. Al Capone also went to Mineral Wells. Oh, cool. As far as I know, it's kind of like a rumored thing. And there's another gangster connection that I'll mention here in a little bit. Uh, But, like, they kind of shared similar fame, but Baker had a smaller run. Okay. Or a – it makes sense in my head. Follow along. (laughs) Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I got this. All right. The Baker was originally built because non-locals were coming to town to access and profit off of the lush mineral waters – or the mineral wells that the town was named after. And the locals were like, fuck that. That's our money. We should be using this water to pull in money and benefit our town. Mm. Which is the same thing Hot Springs did. And there are even faucets that you can go up to and fill up your bottles and all that. So they were like, what can we do? The, wait, where is it? Lost my place. All right. This is what happens when I don't wear uh, glasses. I know. So, I don't have my glasses with me either. And I'm like, this is going to be a shit show. <laughs> just, but my makeup stayed on well enough. I could have worn my glasses. I, it's too late now. We're not going back. Anyway, so the local solicited funds from Texas hotel magnate Theodore Brasher Baker, otherwise known as TB Baker. He is known for building the Baker Hotel in Dallas and oh. the Hotel Texas in Fort Worth. Oh, okay. Construction began in 1926, but while Baker was in California, he stayed in a hotel with a pool. And he was like, hold on a damn minute. We got to do this. So, like, they had already built and completed the basement level Mm -hmm. 
And then he had them go back and install an Olympic sized swimming pool over the basement in front of the hotel. Well, that's neat. So the basement was where the the employees got changed, kind of staff areas. And then there was on top of it this Olympic sized pool, and they filled it with the mineral water that was supposed to be healing. Ooh. A year after that, construction resumed. And when it was completed, the hotel was 14 stories. It housed 450 guest rooms, two ballrooms, in-house beauty shop, bowling alley, a gymnasium, and the outdoor swimming pool. Oh, cool. That's huge. That's very bougie. Right? It's like, it's lush. So the three-year project on this behemoth cost $1.2 million, which in today money is $18 million. It opened to the public November 9th of 1929, and it offered a hydraulic system that sent ice water to all guest rooms. The lighting and fans were controlled by the door locks, so it shut on and off automatically when the guest entered or exited the rooms. Wow. This is 1929. Like, that's... Uh, That's really impressive. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I need my lights to be connected to my doors, like, now. I could probably do that. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> I know. I'm easily just shocked. My sister just got an Alexa and she's like, Alexa, turn on my fan. And I was like, what is this black magic? What? Oh I'm really yeah, behind. We, yeah. Our whole house has echoes. Then they had the compartments for the discreet unobtrusive laundry service that they oh. could just dump it in there. The laundry people didn't even have to enter the rooms to be able to get their laundry to go take it and wash it for them. And then by 1940, the hotel was fully air conditioned, which is huge. And it just like added to the sense of grandeur. Now the meeting rooms alone held up to 2,500 people, which to us is like, that's no big deal. That's actually pretty good. But in 1929, the entire population of Mineral Wells, Texas was 6,000 people. Oh, well, wow. Yeah. That's just yeah, that's so really impressive. Yeah. So, I mean, this place was lush. I mean, it's crazy. And to put this in perspective for when this place opened in night. So it opened in... November of 1929. So the Wall Street market crash of 1929 was September 4th to November 13th. Oh, no. But this place was still so successful immediately because of the health spa experience. Oh, okay. I mean, it made insane amounts of money because everybody, like there was such a distrust of medical professionals, doctors, you know, all of that that they completely bought into the experience of this luxurious place with these healing waters, just like hot springs that they went for these baths and this pool and all of this. Tons of celebs visited. A few of them were Clark Gable, Hmm. Lyndon B. Johnson before the presidency, Judy Garland, the three stooges. Oh, wow. A rumored stay for a couple of nights by Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow of Bonnie oh. and Clyde. Fame. Towards the end of the 1930s, their reputation of healing declined 
with advances in modern medicine and the discovery of penicillin, which caused people to have more confidence in medical professionals. So margins started to go down a little bit. No more syphilis. Al Capone, you know. Exactly. The gangsters. He trusted that water too much. They they all trusted that water too much in Hot Springs. If anybody doesn't know the syphilis story of Hot Springs, you should do a goog. <laughs> do, do a quick goog because it's quite so stupid. Also, could you imagine sitting in, I mean, even though that water is incredibly hot, mm-hmm. um, can you imagine sitting in the public pool with Al Capone? Oh, just cooking in it. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> now that that horror has passed my mind, Walter's military base opened in 1940. Then the Baker had a boom and its most successful years of operation. Yeah. The population of the town, which remember in 1929, wait, yes, 1929 was Mm 6,000 people. By 1940, the population was 30,000 people. Oh, wow. That is a boom. I'm Googling where this place is. I don't know where it's at. (laughs) Crazy. Anywho, so World War II ended in 1945, and subsequently, Fort Walters closed. As a result business started to decline again. Very small upticks happened in 1951 when Walters reopened as a helicopter base. And then in 52 and 55, when it hosted the Republic party conventions. And then in 54, when it hosted the Texas democratic party convention. So like this place was a big deal. You and you mentioned this was by Fort Worth, and it just did not stick in my face, in my face, in my face, my head. It did uh, not stick in the whole face. Although it's right by Salesville, I grew up in Salesville, Arkansas. What are the? There's so many parallels between yeah. our stories. Yes. <laughs> See, yes. So in '63, on April 30th, the Baker Hotel shuttered its doors after 30 years in business, which really is not that long. Mm-hmm. So in 34, so we'll go backwards a little bit. In 34, TB Baker actually filed for bankruptcy. Oh. So his nephew, Earl Baker, took over the Baker Hotel. And he was also, he had been managing it and he'd also been managing the Baker Hotel in Dallas. In 65, Local investors leased the hotel from the Baker family to reopen and, you know, moderate success. But then in 67, two years later, Earl Baker, who had taken over for TB Baker, had a fatal heart attack in the Baker suite. Oh, no. They found him unconscious on the floor. After that, people were pretty weary of it. And then in 72, it officially closed for good and it has stood vacant ever since. Oh. Oh, so, that's scary if nobody's been in there. So there have been bids like in 2004, 2008 to try to refurbish it and revive it. But <sighs> nothing's really happened. But I will say that I did see that there was actually an effort in 2019, a new project that is trying to actually revive it again, to make it a working hotel again, which I think would be really fascinating. Ghost Adventures actually did, which, I mean, it's Ghost Adventures, which... (laughs) Take that with a grain of salt. (laughs) 
a meme recently said that Zach Vegans is the Joe Exotic of <laughs> the supernatural world, which is it's so accurate. true, so accurate. So anyway, so oh let's get to God. the ghosts. <gasps> it looks haunted. If you guys are watching this, oh my gosh, look at that. Beautiful girl. She's so pretty. She, she, yeah, so haunted. (gasps) But like, I mean, you see, even in that picture, she looms over the city. Yeah. Oh, so pretty. Look look at that one. Oh, I don't know. Oh, is that like the Deathly Hallows or is that like Illuminati? (laughs) Yeah, like, and that's the thing is like people have gone in and graffitied. There have been squatters, which like honestly, if you're squatting in there, you're brave because that she haunted. So then in my research, I found this article on TexasEscapes.com. But oh. there's this in ghost or this supernatural investigator named Bob Hopkins who wrote about it. So there's a woman on the seventh floor who the story of her started before the hotel even closed during the fifties and sixties. There was a porter who worked there who said that witnesses had seen a ghost of a woman on the seventh floor and that she was possibly a mistress of the hotel manager, which I'm curious since Earl Baker was the manager, if it was his mistress, Mm. but you know, neither confirm nor deny. I don't know. But anyway, wildly <laughs> wild speculation. <laughs> it's claimed that she was distraught from an affair because who can live without a man that she jumped to her death from the top of the building. So the year of the incident is not verified, but the room she stayed in apparently quite comfortably was a suite on the southeast corner of the seventh floor. And many have reported smelling her perfume and her spirit is said to be quite flirtatious Ooh, with the men fancies. Okay. okay, so this says recently a woman who worked as a maid. Okay, no, that sentence makes sense in my head now. It didn't when I first read it. I was like, how can she be a maid there if it's been closed since the 60s? Whatever. Anyway, (laughs) I need a special brand of Jesus. So recently, this woman who used to be a maid there said that on several occasions, she would go in there when the room wasn't occupied and she would find glasses set out with red lipstick stains on the rim. This took place when no one was staying in there. And then Jane Catret, Catret, who is assisted by Ronnie Walker, who manages the building now. They give tours of the building on weekends, which I guess that would suffice for now, but I need to stay in the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they need to get on it. Yes. Allow that they say happen. that on the first floor at night, you can hear the distinct sounds of a woman in high heels walking across the lobby. I oh. love the sound of heels on a lobby floor, but not when I'm alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's that like give me pause in the middle of the night, but you live alone. That's just a sound you don't want to hear. No, 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 no. Tiny humans are way worse than heels. Mm-mm. Correct. No, 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 no. Correct. Ronnie heard footsteps one night and he thought that it was this Jane woman. So he yelled out to her and the footsteps like faded away and she didn't answer. And then later he like wandered around to find Jane and she wasn't there. Um, I don't, don't like Which that. Is suspect. And he realized later that she hadn't even been in the building that day. 
On another occasion, this great Ronnie character who manages the building reported being on the seventh floor resetting an electrical breaker to the Christmas lights. Who puts Christmas lights on a haunted hotel? That just hit me. (laughs) You're... Your facial expressions are so amazing with this makeup. Because all this, your eyes are just like. <laughs> they stand out even more. They do. I love it. I love it. But yeah. So he went to reset this breaker, which was continuously tripping every night during the display. And as he was inspecting the fuse box and trying to find the switch, he heard footsteps of an unseen pocket per- pocket person. <laughs> person walking up to his left but quietly like they're trying to sneak up and not scare him which i don't love and he turned quickly to look and saw no one and he spoke to the possible girt gir- <laughs> words are hard words are hard spoke to the possible ghost and assured them that he meant no harm after that night the lights never tripped off again I just, yeah. So there was this one time in my house that I grew up with. You know when you're going to sleep and your eyes are open and you close them and then you open them again? Well, I did that. And when I closed my eyes, all the lights in the house were off. And when I opened them again, the laundry room light was on. And I was like, fuck this. And I was like a teenager at this point. And I was like, mom, like yelled, just like a banshee. And she went in there. And she's like, you're scaring Keenan. Cut the shit out. And it never did it again. Yeah. 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 Like, Sometimes I, had- I listen right yeah like we had something a few weeks ago that kept knocking on the wall in the middle of the night and my husband was getting freaked out and finally it woke me up one night and i was like cut the shit i'm trying to sleep <laughs> yeah anyway so then the i next, need my beauty sleep the next haunting it's about a room called the brazos room b-r-a-z-o-s like <gasps> brazos like brazos from only murders in the building Yes, yes. Also, I just finished that the other day and it was so good. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Also, they should sponsor us, but whatever. Yeah, it's a about a podcast. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's so good. Anywho. So good. <laughs> so the Brazos room, another incident occurred during a tour of the hotel by a group of World War II veterans and their spouses. Ooh. As they entered the Brazos room on the first floor, which was the main dining room and dance area, a couple suddenly stopped. The woman looked at her husband and asked, do you hear that? And he replied, why, I certainly do. (laughs) About that time, I just like see an old guy saying that. That's so cute. (laughs) About that time, several other people in the group began to hear sounds of dishes and silverware clanking, as well as people talking with orchestra music in the background. Most of the people there reported this event. It has never happened before nor since, according to the source, but the witnesses were sure that they were experiencing the ghostly echoes of a time long past. Oh. And then there's the fresh air ghost outside the cloud room. All right. I have not heard that before. A young woman was who worked at a local drive through bank in the early 1990s reported that she and other tellers had their workstations facing the huge hotel. During the slow times, they noticed hotel windows open on various floors. Later, they would notice these windows closed and others would be open. After a while, they began to take note and count which ones were opened and which were closed and the pattern changed. One of the girls told the others, it must be the man who lives in the building and takes care of it. 
After that, the interest ceased and they stopped noticing. The strange thing is, since its closure in 1970, there never was a caretaker. So just two windows. Oh, that's a plot twist. Plot twist. (laughs) And then the last one, there is the anonymous psychic, nostalgic ghost, and a shaggy dog. Ooh, a puppy. (laughs) Right? That would so be us. Like, we'd be like, "Ah," freaking out at everything. Like, footsteps. Someone's approaching me. Ooh, puppy. (laughs) In the spring of 2000, this person who wrote this article spoke with a local mineral wells woman who claimed to be a psychic. She has wished to remain anonymous for fear of ridicule in such a small town. And I, for one, certainly understand. Yeah. She told me... Ever since she was a young girl, she has had the ability to see spirits. She said she had been in the baker many times and had even managed to shop on the outside first floor back in the early 1980s. She said the stories are all true. The baker is very haunted. I mean, girl, like, look at it. It's very haunted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not like we think most ghosts didn't necessarily die at the baker, but returned after death because the hotel represented a wonderful time in their lives. She went on to say that most of the spirits in the hotel do not want to be seen or heard with the exception of a small child. Oh, that's cute, but also ghost children are terrifying. Exactly. Like, I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, I feel really bad for you, but please don't touch me. Don't. Mm-hmm. You're definitely a demon. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The child, a little boy, about six to eight years old, was the only one to communicate with her. He told her he died in a hotel apartment in 1933 when his parents were seeking medicinal treatment for his leukemia. Oh, no. (sighs) There are still people like this today. She reported a large shaggy dog always accompanied the child. Oh, they're like a team. Yes, he takes care of the baby. (laughs) My heart. (laughs) Uh, He also bounced a ball to get her attention, and he was watched by an unknown older woman who was always near him. The psychic went on to tell this person that the spirits don't necessarily look the age they were when they died. Some were employees of the building. One, she said, for reasons she doesn't understand, was a helicopter pilot who attended basic training at Fort Walters in the 1960s. He was killed in a helicopter crash while at Fort Rucker, Alabama, and he returned to the baker with his body in the same traumatic state that resulted from the crash. (gasps) That's heartbreaking. no. So that's the spirits that they list. But I mean, it's a 450 room, 14 floor energy bomb. Yeah. Basically. So it's going to attract spirits. It's just like with the alkaline, which what I forgot to put in my notes and I'm looking up now with the Googs is what mineral makeup is in the water. Oh, yeah. Good question. So let me tell y'all about the time that I got a mineral bath, a private mineral bath at the Arlington in Hot Springs. <laughs> I love this story. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh, y'all. So, okay. Like I said in the beginning, the Arlington <laughs> and the Mineral Wells uh, Baker Hotel are sister hotels. They did the same thing. They do mineral baths. And you can research about how they did these things but the way that the mineral baths are done at the arlington are the way that they did them when al capone was there when you know everything like from the very beginning before i got married 
in 2017, I was a very stressed out human being. So I decided that I was going to treat myself to a getaway weekend in Hot Springs. I got a room at the Arlington, manicure, facial, all that. And I, I decided to book a, um, a private bath. Now, if you book a public bath, it's like 10 bucks. You put on your bathing suit and you go sit in this swirling, circulating hot spring. It looks like a pool and they just circulate the water and you just sit with strangers. But I didn't want to do that. So I did a private one. I thought it was just like your own little tub. You do your thing. They, that is that is not the case. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. It is not the case. So I go in and this very kind, wonderful lady in scrubs is like, okay, you're going to go and put your stuff in this locker. You're going to put on this towel, wrap it around you, and then I'll take you to your room. They take you and it is the exact same tubs with the exact same trolling motor in the end of the tub circulating the water as it was when they first built this hotel back in the 18 whatever. Everything's rusty. Everything's green from all the minerals. It's crazy. So she's like, all right, disrobe and get in there. And I'm like, as soon as you leave. And she's like, no, honey, I'm staying. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, no, I help you get in there and blah, blah, blah. So she makes me get in this hot tub. And I'm like, butt naked. Get in this tub. And she starts scooping cups of water out of the tub that I'm laying in with my dirty body and handing it to me and telling me to drink it. Because they want to use this mineral water to raise your inner temperature, your core temperature, as well as your outside temperature. So I'm drinking this dirty water and she's like, okay, I'm going to leave you to soak. I'm like, great. So I'm soaking and it feels amazing. I won't lie. Super hot water, but it's fine. It feels good. And then she comes in and she's like, all right, sit up. I'm going to scrub you now. And I'm like, Aka, excuse me? Hard pass. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> she has me sit up and she scrubs my back and my arms and then she goes down and grabs my foot and basically dunks me under the water as she pulls my feet and legs out of the water and scrubs my feet and legs. And it was horrifying. It was horrifying. Oh. And then she gets me out of the tub after I rinse off and she wraps me head to toe in sheets just like if you go into the museums for the mineral baths. They'll show you the videos of these people from like the 1910s wrapped up like little cigars in sheets. They wrap you like that. A little burrito. Like little burritos. And then they just leave you on a table to sit and steam. And it's horrifying. So scary. Like it felt amazing, but it was so not, so not private. <laughs> so much <laughs> stranger. Uh, and in all that time, I'm still trying to find what is in the mineral water there. <laughs> also, if y'all haven't watched this episode of Ghost Adventures, even if you don't like Ghost Adventures, you should watch it. Because A, the guys drink some of the mineral water. There's a shop there that <sighs> they have like different samples of the water you can try and buy. And the guys are like, oh, I feel stoned. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's not how it works. Oh, they're just so <clears throat> mu too much, too much. 
Yes. There's a website called drinkcrazywater.com. <laughs> in 1880, the first well in mineral wells is drilled on a property belonging to James Lynch. They hesitated to drink the water because it tasted funny. <laughs> I mean, survival. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> they, they finally, they drank it, realized they didn't die. And then like the whole family's health increased. Mr. and Mitch, Mrs. Lynch's rheumatism subsided. Oh, 1881. <laughs> I'm telling you, like as uncomfortable as the whole experience of the bath was, like I felt so much better afterwards. But if you have high blood pressure, they don't tell you this till after. If you have high blood pressure, don't do it. I almost passed out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The heat and everything. The heat. I was like, am I supposed to be blacking out while laying down? Like, <laughs> no. Is this part of the experience? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But by 1881, the by the end of that year, 3,000 people had come and started camping on this dude's property. Oh, wow. and were buying the water for 10 cents a glass. Oh, I bet he was rich, right? Oh, but yeah, can't I so, find a magical spring in my yard. Amen. Some like tuck everlasting that shit, shit is wasted on some people, they don't it really appreciate is. it like we would. <laughs> it really is. I wonder if Mineral Wells lets you kind of like if you go to hot springs, there are just random fountains everywhere Ooh. that have like four or five spigots around it that you can just bring like your empty milk jugs, gallon jugs, paper cups, whatever, and fill them for free. Mm -hmm. And I have, yeah, I mm. 100% have. Every time I got a hot springs, I'm like, y'all hang on. I got to fill my jugs. Like my, my father-in-law is convinced that it is a conspiracy that there are people heating the water and that they are lying to us. And every time we saw a pipe or something, he was like, there it is. That's the, that's the boiler. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not. He's convinced though, but you know, good for him. You know, <laughs> got an imagination you know we all need something to believe in <laughs> yeah. it took so long to find this the <laughs> mineral in texas's mineral waters is often mm. sulfur hydrogen sulfide and iron oh. um, among the many other minerals found a few are radioactive radon gas <laughs> radium and uranium many of these minerals give the water a strong flavor and odor I'm sure it does. Interesting. Yeah. It usually boasts calcium, magnesium, potassium, bicarbonate. Sometimes it'll have lithium in it, silica, zinc, varying levels depending on where they like branch into it. It also cracks me up that in hot springs, they have like, you know, those decorative fountains around the park. Those are also fed by the hot spring. Oh, yeah. We would take field trips there as a kid. And as a, all the students, we would like stick our hand in the fountain and be like, Teehee, we're going to get in trouble for putting our hand in the fountain. And it's like, literally no one cares. Oh, yeah. I didn't live close enough to go field trips there. I didn't go till I was older, but. Yeah. You know how it, when you live in a small town, there's always the next biggest town that you go shopping in for school clothes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Hot Springs was that for me. Mine was Springfield, Missouri. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah uh, Hot Springs is cool because even if like outside, you'll just see steam coming out of the ground and they'll be bubbling yep. up. It's just yep. really cool. 
It's a really, really cool place. I really, like I've been inside the Arlington and I've explored it even when I wasn't staying there. Even the hot tub at the Arlington is fed by the mineral waters. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, I don't. Don't quote so. me on that one. I I'm think the hot tub is, yeah. But it's, and I mean, the, like, it's literally been 2017 since I've been in there. And so. the pool is kind of built into the mountain. It's really neat. They actually have two pools there. They're like, and one of them is, they're both built into the mountain kind of, but one of them is like the upper deck. Mm-hmm. And then the other one's like just ground level. Uh-huh. And they're pet friendly. I, yes, they are big fans of hotels that like, like dogs. Although when I went to the Arlington, because I'm a dork, and they're like, "Do you have a preference of what room you want to stay at?" Because I went for my anniversary one year, and I was like, "I want to stay in a haunted room." And they looked at me, and they're like, "Ma'am, there are no ghosts here." And I was like, "Okay, well, I know that's a lie. Okay, yes. so I want a room they that Al Capone stayed it. in." <laughs> so I was like, "Give me the Al Capone shit." So he gave me the room next to the Al Capone suite. So like, yeah, that's right. one thing. Like, if you go to the Arlington and are like. Um, is it haunted? They're like, no, like 100% cl- like, yeah, they're denier. really aggressive about it too. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure like, it's mm-hmm. in the handbook. Like if you get caught talking about ghosts, you're fired. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Cause if you Google it, like ghost stories from there, it says that, that they just refuse yeah. to believe. Unlike yeah. the hotel I'm going to talk about, they lean in hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The library that I used to work at where we lived, there was this absolutely delightful man named James Beard, Mr. Beard. And he was one of the sweetest men I've ever met. And I love and miss him so much. And he actually, his entire career, he was a bellboy at the Arlington and was a oh. personal gopher for Al Capone when he stayed there. Wow, but he has some stories. Mm-hmm. He told us some very interesting things. Was that like after the syphilis was eating his brain or before? I like, want to say before. Because, I mean, he was wild once he had yeah. all the holes. The Swiss cheese brain didn't do him any favors. Because yeah. like Mr. Beard, when we, when we knew him, I mean, that was years ago. And he was like in his 90s then. And I mean, he had been working at the Arlington since he was like 14. Aw. So, I mean, it, well, it had to be cool. before. Yeah. So. There, there's that movie out where Tom Hardy is like post-syphilis Swiss cheese brain Al Capone. And he's like, like in a diaper and just like, it's really, it's real. Cause he's such a beautiful man. Yeah. To be that Al Capone. It was very jarring. And I didn't like it. I don't know if I want to see that. Cause I'm yeah. in love with Tom Hardy. Oh, I know. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. All right. You ready for mine? Yes. So, I'm so excited. My story also has magical water and a baker Woo-hoo. and Arkansas. So yay. So many parallels. So we're going to go to my homeland of the hills of Arkansas, to the Ozark Mountains, to one of my favorite places in the entire world. And that's not even exaggerating. I'm glad that I'm not in Arkansas anymore. Don't get me wrong. But this place, I love it. I'll go back at any chance that I can. And it is the 1886 Crescent Hotel and Spa in Eureka Springs. Yeah, I love Eureka Springs. Oh, me too. It is the most beautiful place. It's. It's so quaint, but it's also, it's one of the more liberal parts of Arkansas, which makes it much nicer. And I think they like have pot farms now too. So it's like super liberal. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's AKA been- my dream home. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing. They have art, like public art spaces, and everything's built into the mountains. And it's just really cool. I, I love it there. So it was known at one time as the Grand Old Lady of the Ozarks. And the history of this majestic as fuck hotel is essentially the story of Eureka Springs. They both existed because of this bomb ass magical water, just like mineral wells, just like hot springs. People back in the day just had a hankering for some mineral water, I guess. They loved them a girl. They did. Thousands, thousands of tourists would flock to this area to visit the 60 plus springs that bubbled up in the downtown area. And you can still go. There's little alcoves they've carved out with little sculptures. Yeah, you can see all the water in Eureka Springs, too. I did not drink the Eureka Springs water anytime I've been there. I've drank the hot springs water, but not Eureka Springs. So couldn't tell you what it tastes like. So full disclosure, the more I talk about the Ozarks, my accent is going to come out. So R.I.P. Any no- bit of normalcy. <laughs> Bring it anytime on. I talk you. about home, it just banjos. Yeah. <laughs> just can't can't help it. So, with the help of the railroad, which is a whole shit show in Arkansas, which that would be a whole episode of Lord. <laughs> what happened with that. Loud. <laughs> so, railroad and some rich white politicians looking to cash in. Eureka Springs kind of hit that boom as well, and it became this luxurious resort mecca. And they built this fancy-ass Victorian resort on top of this very bougie mountain. And they were surrounded by all these magical springs. Oh, she's beautiful. It's literally so gorgeous. Let me pull up the picture here. She beautiful. When I went with a friend, it had iced over and it's so hilly there that we saw a cop car sliding down the hill trying to drive up to the Crescent because it was so treacherous. But it's gorgeous. Look at that. Sorry, it's your story. Go on. No, it's fine. So this is from the, you know, this is older picture. But yeah, just the mountains. It's just surrounded by trees. They have hiking trails now. It's just, it's very, it's it's just so peaceful. And it's, it's my happy place. I love it. So this beauty was built out of native limestone. And around 1886 is what we're looking at here and the stones were hauled to the site by a train and also they constructed these special wagons and they constructed these in a way that they didn't need mortar which i've always found really interesting because that's like ancient shit you know where you put the rocks together where you don't have to put anything in between them so that was fun and another fun fact is they actually brought stonemasons in from ireland to construct this hotel because they knew their shit they did know their shit. And this is pretty much immediately the Crescent starts collecting her ghosts because during construction, one of the stone workers, his name is Michael, fell to his death from the fourth floor and landed in what would become room 218 today. And that is one of the most active rooms in the hotel. And she booked, like, I tried to stay there. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> like, that room is, oh, you have to do, like, a year in advance. It's crazy. So, that's why I, I had to stay in the second most haunted room. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And uh, it's funny because. Settling. Yeah, I know I settled, but it was beautiful, actually. It's bigger. Yeah. Theodora's room is much larger. It's a suite. It's really nice. But I think it's funny that it's, like, 50 bucks more to stay in a haunted room. <laughs> and the whole Worth place it. is haunted. But it's, like, they. 
Zeke's like, you were just conned. And I'm like, yeah, but I liked it. It's fine. I accept it. I know who I am. So this hotel also had a lot of modern conveniences, including electricity and elevators, which for 1800s, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Like my uh, insane asylum in Arkansas had elevators too. And that blew my mind. But I did it not caused, realize that. Okay. Yeah. It had elevators and it also had yeah. fancy pools and stuff too. And electricity. But anyway, not about the asylum. <laughs> Doesn't exist, but it would be haunted if it did. Thousand percent. <sighs> the land. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, UAMS swears it's haunted because of that, but that's yeah. again another story. So it costs. <laughs> we could go on for days about that. We anyway. could. <laughs> Arkansas, she haunted. We could just yeah go on and on. So it costs two hundred and ninety-four thousand dollars to build, which I had to whip out my trusty inflation calculator, and that is eight million five hundred and seventy-nine thousand four hundred eighty-two dollars today. Damn. So that's a lot. Eight million. That's pretty. I mean, she yeah. big. We just saw the picture. She. she yeah. Big. But like, I mean, really. For what yeah. all it offers, like that's really not that much. It's true. I mean, look at that. I guess like I'm basing it on today's Ooh, like, standard. like yeah. it's it's so opulent. Oh, that's a spoiler alert. Don't oh. look at those pictures. <laughs> Nobody saw that. <laughs> So the hotel opened its doors on May 1st, 1886, and it had this open house, it had this banquet, kind of like 400 people, it was this big deal. And it was actually the place where the 1884 Republican presidential candidate, like, had his little speech and everything. Really? Yeah. You know. So yeah, that has that in common with Baker as well. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And then shortly after it opened, a young girl who was about five or six years old fell over the staircase and fell to her death from the fourth floor into the basement, which is now the spa. If you go on the ghost tour, that's one of the things you're like, this is the spot and this is where the child died. And you're like, ah, right? all right. Yes. Startling. Very startling. I do so, love the tour, though, because they're like, and so if you good. look to your left, you'll sometimes see a dead boy. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> And they dress up in period costume. It's amazing. I love their tour. And they, they like show you the ghost, uh, the ghost hunters episode. <laughs> yeah, like they're like, this was captured here. So let's go show you where this was captured. And it's like, what? Yeah, spoiler alert. They're like, do you want to go stand in the morgue? And we're like, yeah, let's go. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I'm a sucker. So people claim that you can still feel a chill if you stand in the spot where she died and so we went there. I didn't feel anything because, again, I want it too much and I nobody will haunt me. It's I'm telling you, you don't want it too much. Although, because it is a historical building, a lot of the railings in the Crescent are still very low because they look just like they did in 1886. And because it's a historical landmark, they don't have to raise it because that's just yeah. one of the things with historic properties. And I think it was a week or two after me and Zeke stayed there. So I got drunk and fell over and died. I forgot about yeah. that. That was pretty recent. It was like 2017. Yikes. 16, 17. Yeah. He, he just fell and he fell like three or four stories. It was really, really sad. Uh. Oh, so the Crescent was very successful as well, but as the economy worsened in the 1900s, I mean, you know, depression's kind of ramping up. They were like, eh, we're not getting as much tourists. We need to, we need to change something. So they decided to only open for business 
during the summer months. So then they kind of rented out the building to be a school during the rest of the year, which I mean, it's a pretty good plan. I mean, use that building. Yeah. And it ended up being an elite girls boarding school called Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women. Yeah, way too fancy for my hillbilly ass. Public school. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So true. And during this time, it was said that the dean's young son became ill and died. And now he's the little boy that roams the halls that you were talking about. Yeah. (laughs) And he has a little bouncing ball that people see. Again, I. Yeah, mm, he likes no. to hang it down at the bottom of that one stairwell, and it's real creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one morning while slicing vegetables, a cook at the hotel saw an apparition of the young boy saying that he wore glasses, he had his little old-timey clothes on and knickers, and he was skipping through the kitchen. And then another morning, the same cook experienced pots and pans flying off the hooks at him. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. He's a little mischievous little kid, you know? I, I'm good with your little red ball. Just don't throw a pot at my head. That's just, you know. Yeah, one of these things is not like the other. I just, I draw the line at physical harm. Legit. If you throw a pot <laughs> at me, I'm throwing it back. <laughs> I can't see you, you little shit, but I'm throwing it. Right? General <laughs> direction. And then there is another story that later, while it was still the college, a love struck and pregnant student was either pushed or jumped to her death from the fourth floor balcony. And some say that they've seen her fall and the story. Okay. So, you know, the Christ Redeemer and Rio, the Ozarks has the Christ of the Ozarks, very similar, right. smaller. I mean, it's huge. It's smaller yeah, than that one. Huge. But a lot of people say that if you're at, the Christ of the Ozarks looking at the crescent, they see a woman falling to her death and people report it all the time and they call the hotel and they're like, no, that just happens. Like it's nobody's there. I was like, False alarm guys, <gasps> just a ghost. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I learned, I learned about that on the tour that I was on and I was like, Oh, so that happens a lot. And they're like, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Cause I'll even call the cops and the cops will be like, yeah, we, we hear that a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, don't, that'd be a terrible way to murder somebody for real. Be like, oh, they're going to think it's a ghost. And be like, I don't know. Oh, my brain just went dark places. <laughs> <sighs> but that area where she fell is now a pizza, like a sky bar. It's a pizza. Yes. Place. Yes. Yeah, really. It's really nice. So the college remained open for 16 years, but it was forced to close the store in 1924 due to a lack of funding. Nobody was doing very well in the 1920s, so this isn't really shocking. So in 1925, the Crescent was sold, and its new owners were advertising it as exquisite, lots of great cuisine, special weekly rates, and then eh, it didn't do very well. So in 1929, it changed hands again, and it was open only seasonally. And again, with the Great Depression, they were just like, eh, we can't, we can't keep this open. So it closed its doors in 1933, and now things are about to get wild. So bad. So bad. So in 1937, the hotel was purchased by Norman Baker, who opened the Baker Hospital and Health Resort in 1938 to serve cancer patients, which sounds great, right? No, no, it is not. Because this Baker is a fucking sociopath, and he is so high up on the fuck you list. He's not even a doctor. (sighs) Might as well call him Columbus because I hate him that much. Oh, yeah, he's bad. He's bad. Be prepared to hate him. He was anti-Semitic. 
He was anti-Catholic and a radio personality that dabbled in vaudeville magician life. <laughs> he traveled once with a mind reader named Madame Pearl Tangley, and he was also the inventor of a whistling mechanical instrument of some Not sort. Not <laughs> I really hate this guy. But, um, and he had a radio show known as The Naked Truth. And he used it to hawk his snake oil like cure-alls. So he reminds me of some people that I uh, that I don't like. So in 1929, he had denounced the American Medical Association, claiming that he had the cure for cancer. And they didn't know what they were talking about. Again, he was a magician assistant and vaudeville traveling troops. He didn't have any training at all, but he organized the Baker Institute and this is in Iowa. So his first attempt of trying to be a doctor without a license. And uh, it went about as well as you would imagine. He promised to cure cancer without invasive treatments and medicine. He also attacked aluminum pots and pans fluoride and water he didn't like vaccines and he even had a lot of opinions about bovine tuberculosis testing like you do like you do and then you know the american like medicine association what did i say it was i already forgot medical association medicine yes so they started pressuring people to shut his shit down and they did and he fled to mexico but (laughs) <laughs> there Again, was like a trial like you do but there was a trial in 1932 and it didn't go his way his cancer cure at this time was just clover corn silk watermelon seeds and water i wish this man a very merry fuck you <laughs> yeah he was convicted in 1936 for practicing medicine without a license again he fled to mexico but then he was like to come back and i'm gonna try this again but before all that he did try to run for the governor of iowa but he didn't he didn't make it he lost the bid womp womp (laughs) because then his reach could have been even worse (sighs) so back to 1937 and baker has purchased our beautiful crescent hotel and then he just painted it everything lavender and purple and it had a polychrome lobby decorated red, yellow, orange, black. And he oh, would you. wear like purple and white suits. It was very circus-esque aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. It does not He was trying to like give that. off that like, you know how like our brains are programmed to see like light blue and green and white together mm. as clean colors. That's why all cleaning products are that color, like Swiffer. Mm. And stuff like that, but oddly also plan B, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I noticed the other day and it freaked me out. Um, welcome to color theory. But anyway, <laughs> but like he wore the suits to be like, look at me, all beachy. And so like you think of light linen colors as mm-hmm. the healthy colors. Mm-hmm. Like he did that shit to trick people with his mind magic. Yeah. And by all accounts, he was. Yeah, kind of attractive. They said that people described him as like a B-list actor because he thought he was hot shit, but he wasn't like A-list by any means. But his whole aesthetic really sets the tone for how awful this is going to get. <sighs> so he's sending out these brochures calling it the Switzerland of America, where the sick come to get well. <laughs> Which that is new. I didn't know that he called it that, and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Switzerland. And he also promised that this cure was without knives without 
x-rays, like all these horrible treatments. These people are getting a oh, mosquito for cancer. He wouldn't do that. Like you would get this beautiful mineral water and you're, it would be peaceful and wonderful and you'll be cured. So his new formula, he called formula five and it was alcohol, glycerol, carbolic acid, ground watermelon seed this time, corn silk, and then the clover leaves. And instead of drinking it now, he decided he was going to inject it directly into the cancer. <laughs> Up to I seven times a day. I just want to scream out loud. Mm-mm, no, mm -mm, <gasps> no, no, it's basically, it's just water with some spice, with you know, like <laughs> it's, Why he wasn't doing yeah, he, he didn't do anything. So while operating the hospital, quotations here, Baker was investigated by the federal authorities because they're like, we know you're doing shit. And in 1939, he was finally arrested for mail fraud, not for what he was doing in the hospital, because the U.S. poster poster <laughs> words postal inspector estimated that Baker had made as much as five hundred thousand dollars a year selling his miracle elixirs through the mail from eureka springs so just like a lot of bad people they nailed them for like tax fraud mail fraud they couldn't get them on anything else but i mean at least they caught him and he was convicted to serve a whopping four-year sentence <sighs> and the investigation revealed that over the years that he had defrauded cancer patients he got approximately $4 million, Jesus which today Christ. is $7,893,812,000. Wait, yeah, that's <laughs> numbers. Jesus so H. Macy, that's a lot. That, mm, trillion. Oh, my God. It's so bad. He should have been locked away for far, 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 far longer. Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, it's just so sad because these people are desperate. Because if you're, if you have cancer, especially in the 1900s, early 1900s, if you have cancer, you don't think you have a lot of hope and he's giving you hope. And he was telling these dying patients that they were going to get better. They were not. They were in so much pain because they were not getting real treatment that could have eased anything. Because we had some stuff at that point but they weren't taking anything for pain because they thought this was going to fix the patients were writing letters to home and he was coercing them to ask for more money and then when they died he would write home pretending to be them to ask for more money like this guy was shitty yeah. so shitty and he would also write letters back to their parents saying oh i've never felt better everything's working i'm so glad i'm not taking this medicine anymore and once they succumb to the cancer they would burn the bodies and there are tales that you would just see the smoke coming out of the crescent at night and it is horrifying and there when i was there they have a freezer and they said that he would just put people in the freezer for a while too until he could like get to them mm. yep it's not mm, not great Mm -mm. families can't investigate if you wrongfully killed their people if they don't have a body exactly exactly and then the area where like the really sick patients would go and because of course if you're dying and excruciating pain you're gonna be loud they kind of like put them in a certain area of the hotel where people couldn't hear them 
you know, and that area is now honeymoon suites. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a story. And when I was there, there was this lady and she had some nice lingerie and she was modeling for her new husband. And in the TV is a woman that is not her. So if you go to the Crescent, they have the photo. They've just kind of blocked out the lady in the lingerie. Like, but you can see the picture in the TV and it is so scary. Terrifying terrifying yeah i still need to find the picture on my old laptop that i took when i was there that i got the ghost of the woman in the the window on the first floor in the lobby that it's the window on the side of the beside the door leading onto the back porch i took a picture and then i looked at my camera screen and then i looked up and i looked around and i was like there's nobody that matches that wow And I even emailed them about it. And I was like, I got this picture. And they're like, oh, my God, send it to us. And I literally forgot. Oh, they're so cool about that. There's And when you first come into the Crescent, which also it has a very old timey, you know, counter. And you get real keys, like real giant, big metal keys. It's so cool. But there's this real big couch. And on it is this table in front of it. And they have all the photos people send. And then people write their accounts of what they've seen. So you can just sit there for hours reading everybody's ghost accounts. It's super cool. I really love it. Nick. Amazing. So no one actually died from Baker's cure because it was water, you know, but the investigation did prove that his treatments likely sped up death because they weren't receiving actual effective forms of treatment. And he was released from jail, obviously. And he moved on to Florida where he lived until his death in 1958 of cancer because fucking karma. Right. Sometimes there is some sweet justice. Exactly. You Norman Baker. Honestly, he earned that shit. Yeah, he didn't. So during the war years of 1940 to 1946-ish, the building sat empty once again. However, in 1946, the hotel was purchased by four Chicago businessmen who restored the old hotel to its former elegance, though it was never quite as grand as its original time in the 1800s. But it started to thrive again. But tragedy struck in 1967 when a fire swept through the fourth floor of the South Wing and a lot of it was destroyed. Fires really just fuck up a lot of cool historical shit. Yeah. It's really a shame. So over the next several years, the hotel passed through a lot of different hands and there were some repairs. There were some restorations, but the hotel was never really fully restored until 1997 when Marty and Elise, oh, I forgot how to say their name. Rodnicked? Rodnicked? They're just the sweetest sweetest story ever so they pledged that the grand lady of the ozarks was going to be back to where she was 100 years ago and on september 6 2002 they made it a reality after five million dollars in renovations the grand hotel was fully restored to its original state glory and they were like the sweetest sweetest story they lived there they would go off to estate sales and buy all the furniture that's there and it's really tragic because they were I think going to Chicago and there was a car accident and the husband and the dog died. And then after that, yeah. And after that, Elise just like stayed in the Crescent and never really left. It's really sad. That's really sad. I didn't know that. Yeah. And they also own the other hotel in New York Springs, the Basin Park, which is also super haunted as well. I really want to go there. I haven't been there yet. I haven't either. I had drinks there, but I haven't stayed there. 
So today, the Crescent Hotel is one of the most visited hotels in the South, and it's one of the most haunted buildings in the country. It boasts the title as the number one most haunted hotel in the country. It is above the Stanley. Is yep. it above the Manger? It's above all of them. So suck it. Arkansas's yep. got it. We win every year. <laughs> Even huh. above the Baker and Mineral Wells, which is supposed to be the most haunted building in Texas. Mm-hmm. Everybody here says that. Like Magnolia and Seguin is like, we're the most haunted hotel. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, you're no, not. you're not, lady. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit more about some of the ghosties. So uh, back to Michael, the stonemason that fell to his death. He is known to turn lights on and off, the TV on and off. People hear loud knocks in the room and one guest saw hands coming out of the bathroom mirror which is a hard no for me hard pass some people claim to hear cries and the sound of somebody falling to their death which would also give me pause i don't think i would like that some people have been shaken awake by unseen hands one frightened guest ran away from the room saying they saw blood running down the walls no, thank you. That one seems extreme because from everything of being on the tour and being there and talking to people that stay in the room, he's just kind of like a pervy flirt, you know, yeah. like he's just uh, playful and he doesn't seem to be, you know, yeah. hurting anybody. But when we did the tour there, we were outside of the room that Michael haunts and the woman and her daughters that were staying there, they opened the door, came out because they heard us out there and the woman said that her and her younger daughter took showers that morning but every time her older daughter would turn the water on it would heat up and then as soon as she would turn the shower on and go to step in it would go ice cold oh and she would turn it off and then turn it back on to heat it up and it would heat up and as soon as she turned the shower on to go ice cold but if her mom turned it on and turned the shower on it would stay hot but as soon as she would step in it would go ice cold. So her daughter just didn't get a shower that day. Oh my gosh. Cause it was like, Michael was just like, Nope, everyone else gets a shower except for you. You're getting a cold <laughs> one or none at all. So yeah, he does seem very much like a prankster. No, nothing too scary. There are also a lot of the windows are the giant, like historic windows that you can walk through and you can, you know, go to the balcony and they have a lot of rocking chairs outside of Michael's room. So a lot of people hang out there too. So you can hear yeah. stuff. It's pretty, pretty cool. The Crystal Dining Room is a hot spot for paranormal activity, mm-hmm. and it's gorgeous. It and is the food so gorgeous. It's so good. So good. And there's a story that one Christmas, the tree and all the presents were just moved from one end of the room to the other. Just nobody was in there. And they were like, oh, all right. Well, you want it over there? That's cool. <laughs> Chairs move around that. all the time. One morning, employees found menus placed all around the dining room when no one had been in there. So it just seems like they're just bored, you know, moving stuff around. In the dining room's kitchen, there's an apparition of the little boy that we talked about. A lot of people have said that there's people in Victorian-style clothing just sitting, waiting for their food. And one waitress was looking to a mirror that was between the doors of the dining room and the kitchen. And she saw what appeared to be a man and a woman about to get married. At that point, the groom turned towards the waitress and they made eye contact. And then they just disappeared. It's It's also a lovely wedding destination. Yes. 
If I hadn't eloped, that's where I would have wanted to get married. Right. That's where I wanted to go, mostly because I didn't want anyone to come to my wedding in my family. <laughs> but, like, I, I had to do it closer to home, so they would come. Yeah. So, in the lobby, there's a gentleman dressed in formal Victorian clothing. Some people say he has a little top hat. That's so cute. And he's usually spotted at the bottom of the stairs, sitting at the bar. I mean, why wouldn't you? And they say he's very distinguished with the mustache and he has a little beard. And people say that he'll just talk to you. And then some people say he just sits there and he'll never respond to you. But then he'll just suddenly disappear. So I guess it just depends on who you are. And I learned this when I was there. They said that a lot of these ghosts, how they act towards you, depends on if they like you or not. So so if you have a bad experience, then the ghost just is not digging your vibe at all. Several people have seen a man sitting at a table and he'll say, I saw the most beautiful woman here last night and I'm waiting for her to return. And then when they turn around, he's just gone. So, oh, that's kind of sad if he's been waiting all this time. And right. Some people say they go say they see ghostly waiters. One says he was carrying a tray of butter. So it's very specific. After my own heart. Okay. Yeah. Some people on the third floor have heard sounds of squeaky wheels on the floor in the hall. Yeah, that always and, gets me. And when they open the door, they see a nurse dressed in white rolling a gurney with a dead body on it. <laughs> Taking it to the morgue. Yep. And then she disappears at the end of the hallway. That one, that one would probably scare me. Yeah, probably that one I'd be like, more going to the motel late. <laughs> And in the same area, there's a laundry room, which is next to the old morgue. And several people say that the washer and dryers will start turning on by themselves without any explanation, which would be very noisy. So I wouldn't want to stay there. You know, that's that's not great for me. And a lot of people died there because of the doctor, you know, so a lot of people had speculated for a while that there was probably remains scattered on the grounds. And a couple of years ago, they found them. He sociopath, psychopath, horrible man had removed a lot of the cancer in the tumors from people and put them in specimen jars. And when shit went South, they said, get rid of those. And somebody got the bright idea of like, all right, let's just bury it in the backyard. Like put them in the yeah, they just buried them in the backyard. And when they were doing some renovations, they were like, oh, shit. <laughs> so they had the, I think it was University of Arkansas brought their archaeology students to excavate. But they found a lot, a lot of specimens. And I'm, yeah, ooh. yeah. so you like can actually see like them now. jars or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So now in the morgue, they have some of the specimens where you can see them on the tour. But I just think it's interesting because everybody just assume maybe they burnt them, like the bodies. But no, somebody's like, oh, we're just going to burn it. It oh, People, there's uh, no matter what time period you live in, somebody's going to make terrible choices. <laughs> like, I'm just going to half-ass this and just dump it back there. So that's great. The morgue is in the basement and you can go down there today. The original autopsy table is still down there they have the freezer still down there and they have like a wheelchair and like ashley said a little bit ago they do show the 
clip from Ghost Hunters. It was the one time they saw a full body apparition on the show mm-hmm. through the heat vision. It's really, it's wild. It yeah. is wild. And they let you, like, if you want to go in the freezer, they'll close the door or whatever. And yeah. So they're like, does everybody want to go in? And my tour group were like, yeah, nothing happened. It was just a cool experience, I think. But I think even now it'd be creepier with all the little specimens on the wall. Yeah. I want to go back and do the tour again now that the specimens are there, but also like Mm -hmm. it kind of creeps me out. Yeah. It kind of, I mean, it's real people. I mean, cause you can kind of distance yourself from the story, I think. But when you like see actual pieces of people, and there used to be an old timey switchboard and it used to receive calls from the basement where the morgue is and they had to disconnect it because it just wouldn't stop going off. So, you know, that's fine. That's great. And so in the tower-ish area, Baker had an apartment and he had giant dogs. I think they were Great Danes. I forgot to write this down. But if great. you are in the room underneath them, which is where we stay, they say sometimes you can hear dogs little tippy tappers as they're walking. But I didn't hear any of that either. But my sister actually stayed in her honeymoon in Baker's apartment. So, I mean, okay. it's beautiful. Gorgeous. Or in advance, did she have to book that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that was a long time ago. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people say they see Baker himself and he has his little white linen suit and his purple shirts and stuff, but yeah, whatever. I don't care about him. So the second most haunted room is Miss Theodore's room, 419, where I stayed. And people say that outside the room, you'll see her fumbling around with the room key trying to get in. And guests who have stayed in that room have claimed that their belongings have been moved around. So in Ghost Hunters, that happened. The guy's bag got packed and put in front of the door. And he was trying to get in the room and it was blocking it. And the story they tell you when you stay in that room is that there was one instance where a couple was about to get married. And they got into a fight. And they were like, let's go to the bar, cool off. We'll deal with this later. So they went down. When they went back in their room, the wedding dress was in the garbage. Oh, his, ba- his bag was packed by the door. So that's the thing is Miss Theodora, if she doesn't like you, she's going to pack your shit until you leave. So she did not pack our shit. I think we're just too lovely. So she was like, we don't do that here. We don't. Yes. We don't put up with. Trouble. The only thing that happened was at one o'clock in the morning, I woke up and just panic and i don't know what happened but my fitbit because i took a picture of it and put it on facebook but you could just see it my heart rate went from like i have a really low heart rate like 50 it went from that to like 150 just like in a second it just shot up and i just shot straight out of the bed and i was like what what happened so i don't know if anything like touched me or something but something woke me up and then i turned on all the lights and made see stay awake while i went and peed <laughs> He 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 hates when I do this. <laughs> I'm like, let's go stay in a haunted place. I'm like, wake up! <laughs> Don't let me be here alone. <sighs> so <laughs> there's different ideas of who Miss Theodore is. Some people think that she was one of the cancer patients. Some people think she's a nurse. So it's all up in the air. But it's a lovely room. It's a little sweet. Oh, it was beautiful. One of my favorite things about the Crescent Hotel is that ever since it opened in 1886, it has always had a cat. <sighs> so we're going to end on a little happy feline note. Good. So the... Oh, I just lost my place. <laughs> There's been many cats. And the first one was an orange tabby named Morris. 
And he walked into the lobby and just stayed there. So, like, right when they opened, he's like, mm, this is my home now. Yeah. And he like, I just live here. And he lived there for 21 years. Mm. He's just a little sweet baby muffin. And he was referred to as the general manager. Like, legit oh. had a title. And <laughs> I just love him so much. And when he died... He has his own headstone in the gardens on the property, and he has a little portrait in the lobby of him. He was such a little cutie pie. And there's a poem underneath his portrait that says, in memory of Morris, the resident cat at the Crescent Hotel, he filled his position exceedingly well. The general manager title he wore was printed right there on his office door. Oh, I'm going to get emotional. Oh, he acted as greeter and sometimes as guide. Whatever his duties, he did them with pride. He chose his own hours. He set his own pace. The guests were impressed with his manners and grace. <laughs> Upstairs and down, he kept everything nice. They might have had ghosts, but they never had mice. Oh, my God. <laughs> so sweet, Morris. My heart. And so today, there are two kitties at the Crescent Hotel. We have Casper and Jasper. And I will oh my show you pictures right now because please do, okay. please do. They're just the sweetest little kitties, and sometimes they'll come in your room, like if you're lucky. Um, luck, no, they never did. Jasper is the little black kitty, little furry guy. This is Morris's I portrait. I loved him. And Jasper is the gray one. Oh my god! So here he is walking down the thing, and they have free Aww. reign. They can do whatever the fuck they want, which I think is so. Yeah, as they should. Look at like those little fluffy butts. How else are they supposed to manage the hotel if they don't have free reign? Exactly, they have a job to do, and this is the little grave. Mm. And I just, I love them. I got to, I got to meet Jasper. He was, yeah, this is the, this right here is the binder of all the ghost stories in the yeah. couch. It's, they're so cute. And they just, they go in and out. They'll hang out in the yard. They'll come in your room. They usually hang out in the lobby. But they're just so yeah. chill. They are so neat. I just I love, love them. And if you do the ghost tour, you can do like little packages. And they have little stuffed animal ghosts. They have little mascots. It's just the cutest place. And they have lawn games and they have lemonade out for you. I had a wine yep. tasting when I was there. It's it's legit. And somehow I became Facebook friends with the, like the CEO president of Crescent Hotel. I don't know how I met him. So I keep on trying to get him on the podcast. Our schedules just do not align. But someday he will be on here because I just want to ask him all the things that are not on the internet. <laughs> He's pretty I'm cool. I think he, he does Bays in Park too. Yeah, still. I think it's yeah. I, I haven't really looked into the ghost there, but it is super cool. Yeah. And they have really cool events. They have a uh, Mardi Gras masquerade. Mm. They have a like a flapper party every year for fundraising and stuff. So it's just the coolest place. And yeah, it's amazing. The vibe is just super cool because it's so old and it's kind of like slanted a little bit like the whole mm -hmm. building yes it's, it's so cool and i highly recommend it and last time we went live on patreon i was like we should just have a big get together at the crescent just take over yeah just all of us from around the world show up for a weekend and look for ghosts 
right? right. Like stand by that. Rent out the whole hotel. And just Hell yeah. Out. And it's not, ex- it's not expensive. No, like, it's not. When I stayed, it was like, I paid extra for the ghost and it's still like 112, I think. It was yeah. not much at all because I tried to stay at the Stanley and it was like 350 for one night. And I was like, nope. <laughs> Can't can't afford that. But. Well, and even when I stayed in Eureka, we stayed at like the Edelweiss Inn, and it was like sixty bucks a night. Mm-hmm. And it was like I think it was four blocks from the basin, and it was probably two miles from the Crescent. Yeah, yeah. And the Crescent, like the smaller rooms, are not expensive at all. I just stayed yeah. in a sweep, so I could be in a haunted one. And I booked like two weeks in advance. So if you yeah, if you do farther back, it's way cheaper. But yeah, it's just delightful. And they has a full spa mm-hmm. and they have uh, with those minerals. Yeah, yeah. It's super nice. You can even get your hair did. Yep. Your nails did and massages. And then there's cool shopping in Eureka Springs. There's all kind yeah. of like metaphysical shops, bookstores, like fiber stores for knitting and crochet that they mm-hmm. like drop their own wool. Like it's crazy. And they have a bomb ass pride. Like Pride Eureka really Springs is Pride. amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I I highly recommend it. I know people are always like, why would I go to Arkansas? This is one of the reasons you should go to Arkansas, yeah. and it's like hour and a half away from Crescent Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. Yep, Benville area. If you want to see where Walmart was born, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's like an hour and a half from Blanchard Spring Caverns where you can go tour the caverns and then there's like a spring if you go in the summer you can uh, swim in the spring that leads to the caverns and stuff like that. Oh, Gunner's Pool? Yes. Isn't that Gunner's Pool? Yeah. I think so. Oh, my dad uh, my dad always forgot to give us sunscreen and Gunner's Pool is like this crystal clear beautiful water but without sunscreen you just fry because the reflection so I had a heat exhaustion one time from that. That was fun. Mm -hmm. I feel like I love that's why I get skin cha- cancer checks because he used to just take us out there and just leave us and I'd be burned all the time. So I'm, yep. like, yeah, I'm just going to have yearly checks until that comes back to bite me. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. I grew That's where I grew up. I grew up by uh, Blanchard. So yep. that's where all our field trips were. Yeah. And, uh, I wonder if they do the ghost things there when we were at colorado they did lantern ghost tours at that cave but it was starting the like a day after we went so i didn't get to do it but yeah blanchard does the music in the caverns which i really want to go to the the christmas one um for those like that don't know they literally have like different music events that you have to go in the caverns and they have these concrete seats that you sit stadium style and choirs perform and the acoustics are amazing because it's a literal cave so they have like a, a church choir that comes for christmas music there's a folk band that does well, because that area, there's like an actual Ozark Folk Center there, <laughs> yeah. uh, which has the best fried chicken I've ever had, by the way. And Chicken uh, on a stick. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so good. But like, they do folk band uh, concerts down there, like bluegrass, all that. It is amazing. And oh, they have the cute. outhouse races there, too. Yeah. At, at Mountain View. <laughs> One of the play, one of the vendors, because like different vendors will go set up shop at the folk art center there. And when I went, there was someone that did the Applehead dolls, 
which for those who don't know, like pioneer days, they would do apple head dolls where you carve the head of the doll out of apple and then make the body with stuff with straw. And then they then they dry the apple head and they look like all wrinkly and old ladyish. Please find a photo. They're creepy. And also, yes, please find something for Dion for what the fuck an outhouse race is. God, it's the hills are a wild time. It's literally it's like a toilet race, but it's an outhouse. Like it's oh, an it's outhouse. First, yeah, it's the first thing that pops up when I go with that. a toilet inside. <laughs> on a go-kart motor and a frame. Oh, oh here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Here. Outhouse races. You know. Gasser. <laughs> yes. And yes, oh. Applehead dolls feel very much like a voodoo nightmare. But they're like oh. the Ozark version of voodoo dolls. Applehead dolls creep me right the fuck out. I'm just... Like, there we there. go. Yep. There you go. See? They look like old ladies. They do look like old ladies. Or old men. See? Look at that one picture of all of them lined up with little stems sticking out of there. Look how creepy they are. I'm telling but you. Yeah, there's like, there was a vendor when I went years and years ago that literally like just made Applehead dolls. Oh, uh, yeah. It's <laughs> uh, it's an experience. Every every year in elementary school, we went to those. It's really cool, the Folk Center. I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty legit. But yeah, that's like there's nowhere else for us to go. Yeah. I think I've blocked most of it out. But yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's interesting place. It's, it's fun. I don't know. Hillbilly stuff. Apple Hillbilly dolls stuff. exist because banana dolls make weird faces. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's and they, they have uh, and make these weird the, crispy doll heads and pioneers mm-hmm. and know what to do with that shit. It's where the banjo festival. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's because of the apple festivals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, it was a plentiful crop. Little girls needed dolls, and yeah, banana dolls. Let's market that. I have my, resin. My grandpa was an apple picker in the Great Depression, and then his arm got stuck in one of the little apple things and broke it. That's horrifying. I know, right? Oh, hillbilly life. <laughs> right? <laughs> that hillbilly life, though. It's fun. very beautiful up there. Very pretty. Just not a yeah. lot to do. But yeah. they have really cool shops, like old-timey shops. So mm-hmm. if you like that kind of, if you like that sort of thing. If you like but, uh, malts and underlying racism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Appalachia, but like, uh, I mean, they're very similar. And to like the two places because everybody from the Ozarks migrated from there anyway, so it's very, very sweet. But we got chocolate gravy, so it's fine. Word, <laughs> oh, maybe I have to make that for breakfast. Oh, I know, I really, I really need to. So, right, but yeah, well, thank you everybody for joining us for our yeah. two remarkably similar hotels. We had a baker, we have crazy water, lots of ghosts, yeah, Arkansas. Super rad. <laughs> Chocolate dot 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 gravy. Yes. So it oh, essentially I looked up the history. So Spaniard Spaniards have uh what do they call it? Oh shit was oh no. Oh uh, like what mole? is it called? Yeah, mole. Yeah. And uh in Appalachia and the Ozarks were like, how can I make that but make it cheap as shit? So in the yeah. Ozarks, it's basically lard. 
flour flour yeah so it's yeah it's like lard uh flour cocoa powder and milk yeah, yeah without yeah mole it's mole without, without the spice because like they yeah, would make mole but they didn't have like chili powder and stuff like that yeah yeah so it's basically like a hot pudding for yeah, biscuits it is it's delicious but it's delicious yes it's so i good. i also make it and pour it over chocolate cake Ooh, i haven't had it in decades i, I made mean, it last year or maybe like january yeah, oh. but then like my biscuits were a fail, so I need to start. I need to like buy no. some biscuits. <laughs> I'm like the worst southerner ever. I can cook everything else. I just can't do biscuits, but whatever, it's fine. It's um, really cool. Yeah, I, I've been wanting to record some of the weird Ozark shit that we make because we used to make mock apple pie a lot too. It has no apples. Yes, in it. yes, it's, it's so good. My grandpa made it all the time. Yeah, he, he was he was quite the chef, right? He's, yeah, that's so. how. Yeah. So thanks everybody for coming and happy Halloween and I'm just yay. You yay. Thanks for tuning in. I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> thanks for coming, Ashley. Your costume is so rad. Thank you. Also, shout out to Stephanie from that podcast I don't remember the name of that Stephanie and Erica do. Cheers from the grave. Cheers from the grave. Cause she bought me this bodysuit because she's wonderful. Oh, she's the best. Right. But yes. I love you all, and I will talk to you later. Bye. Oh, I didn't hit end. That's not a traumatic ending. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>